This is Brian Oaks, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Erskine, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and from Sierra Doctor. In the words of President Joe Biden, Congress's action on the rail contract will spare the country a Christmas catastrophe in our grocery stores, our workplaces, and in our communities. The Senate voted 80 to 15 to force unions to accept a tentative contract agreement that had been adopted in September. The House approved that same bill Wednesday. The five-year contract gives union rail workers a 24% bump in wages, but does not address the issue of paid sick leave. North Dakota Farmers Union President Mark Watney says the railroads are critically important for the entire economy, but admits it's a complex issue. I both support the fact that you have a right to strike, and I support the fact that there's times when certain logistics can't really strike. So it's a, it's a hard balance, but it needs to come through. And the Environmental Protection Agency is proposing a renewable fuel standard of 20.8 billion gallons for 2023. That rises to 2020, uh, 22.6 billion gallons up through into 2025. For advanced biofuels, EPA set the mandate at 5.8 billion gallons for next year, 6.6 billion for 2024, and 7.4 billion gallons for 2025. The market was anticipating a much larger increase. The announcement was bearish for soybean oil, prices dropping over 6% in one day. And that soybean market reacting violently to EPA's proposed RFS rules. AgriSample North America market analyst Sterling Smith said EPA's proposed volumes of vegetable oils used for biodiesel and renewable diesel were very disappointing. The total number for 2023 was 20882. Total renewables, 2187 in 2024, 2268 um, by 2025. So they increased them. But the biodiesel numbers only went from 2.82 to 2.89 to 2.95 much smaller than expected. Smith says these proposals and EPA will be seeking comment. There's going to be a public period on this, and I got an email this morning uh, from actually from Governor Ricketts talking about trying to push E15 as being, you know, a new standard versus E10, and that would uh, help that would help the corn side of things, not so much on the soybean oil side of things. And that's what's got the soybeans tipped over. Clean Fuel Alliance is raising the alarm on EPA's renewable fuel obligation proposed rules. Vice President of Federal Affairs Kurt Kvarik says EPA's rule will pull the plug on biodiesel production. And what this means for, you know, a soybean farmer, we, we've, because of the, the increasing uh, demand and interest for low-carbon fuels, uh, we need more feedstock. And uh, the, the, the four-plus billion dollars worth of soybean crush and canola crush announcements that have been occurring throughout the entire Midwest are due to additional price supports for a bushel of soybean because of the value that we're adding to that soybean oil. So all of these investments, both in renewable diesel production as well as soybean crush, could be undercut by today's announcement. Kavarik is urging farmers to let their voice be heard during the comment period. Now this is just a proposal. Uh, it's open for, for comment through February, and, and with the hope that the, the rule will be final, 
by next summer. So we're going to have an opportunity here, uh, both as an organization, as an industry, working with our elected uh, officials and champions on the on the Hill to try to impress upon EPA that this proposal should be dead on arrival. Net U.S. cash farm income is forecast to be record high, $188 billion for 2022. That's up 25.5% from 2021. Cash receipts for corn, soybeans, wheat, and other crops are up 19%. Receipts from animal agriculture expected to increase over 30% from last year. A coalition of nearly 20 farm groups is urging the leadership of the Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittees to provide adequate resources to extend the emergency relief program to cover issues the losses from 2022. The letter to lawmakers said the next farm bill is a chance to strengthen the farm safety net and reduce, if not eliminate, the need for ad hoc disaster programs. They contend an extension would serve as a bridge to the next farm bill. Groups signing that letter include the National Farmers Union, National Association of State Departments of Agriculture, and commodity groups representing corn, soybeans, wheat, sugar, and more. This is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The 2021 sugar beet crop produced 11.8 million tons, a notable increase from the previous year. The final shareholder payment for the 2021 fiscal crop was $64.98 per ton for American Crystal. Total shareholder payments increased to $767 million. American Crystal Sugar Company President Tom Astrup said looking ahead, estimated payments for the 2022 crop are higher at $71 per ton. I think overall, whether it's fiscal 22 or looking ahead to fiscal 23, uh, I think we were, we're, we've been blessed in both years with large, high-quality crops, which is getting us uh, great throughput through our facilities, great cost efficiencies in the face of some tremendous cost pressures, both on the farm and at the cooperative level, but thankfully accompanied by relatively firm markets, both for our sugar products and for our agar products, our, our feed products, the beet pulp and the molasses, for example. So uh, all in all, it's contribu contributing to uh, uh, pretty decent results last year and, and outlook for uh, this coming year as well. Astrup says American Crystal hopes to increase production, but expansion costs are putting those plans on the back burner for now. So at the factory level, it costs for just about everything, whether it's labor in a tight labor market, whether it's spare parts and machinery that we have to buy to repair and replace our equipment, um, whether it's the natural gas that we buy to run our, our pulp dryers and, and some of our boilers. I mean, the costs of all those things have trended up. Um, you know, w will they continue to trend up? You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, certainly we're seeing the pressures in the current fiscal year. You know, which of those are going to abate? Gosh, I don't know. The nation's largest farm cooperative finished the year with record income and is returning $1 billion in equity and patronage to its members. CHS President and CEO Jade Everton says agriculture is in a good place. Not an easy spot. I mean, this business doesn't work that way, and we all know that. But in a good spot, I think there's just a lot of good things going with on agriculture. You know, we've just got a lot in play. I think is agriculture a good window that we are in, but we're also cognizant of the, of the fact that, you know, the world will come at us with things we don't anticipate. Deberton sees this as a time to invest in growth. I think uh, we have a really good opportunity and time in agriculture um, to 
you know, to pick the avenues of growth, and uh, and and we at CHS are leaning in hard on on, on growing, on maintaining uh, our assets, on returning cash to the country, and and we're working on all three of those avenues at at the same time. When you look at some of those key investments, or what kind of areas you're looking at? So we're looking at uh, investments within our export capabilities. Is is this world just wants more and more flexibility and speed and space that applies at export facilities the same way it applies in elevators in um, in small towns in North Dakota? With meeting same, se- same thing. With meeting season upon us, Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman attended yesterday's Canola Symposium in Roseau to hear the latest from canola experts. University of Minnesota Magnuson Research Farm Director Dave Grafstrom said planning for research trials in 2023 is underway, but wants input from producers to help answer questions that are important to them. Some sort of what we call standard trials, variety of trials, shatter trials, some herbicide trials, insecticide work. But then uh, get growers' input on what are some of the challenges that are, are you're facing. And if there are researchable questions that we can help with, that's our job. So kind of get an uh, get idea from growers on, on what the successes are. It's always great to have successes. We, we, we like those. But uh, okay, then on the challenge side, what, did, what are, didn't work so well, and what can we do to, to maybe help uh, remedy or, or overcome some of those in the future? Grafstrom says it's his job to help farmers find new options for growing canola. In recent years, he says they've been working outside the normal canola trials to find a winter canola option for growers, which is proving to be a challenge. We always do something that's a little bit outside the normal, I guess you'd say. And winter canola works very well for southern states, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, some in Idaho. For us, we've had trouble with winter canola establishing. And with new genetics new things in the market, we tried again, didn't have very good luck. Uh, not giving up on it, but uh, that's one thing we're doing is, is trying to you know, offer more growers uh, options in, in, in canola. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. American Crystal Sugar Company and the Red River Valley Sugar Beet Growers Association held their joint annual meeting yesterday. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor reports. American Crystal Sugar Company announced at their annual meeting their investment into a liquid sugar product. American Crystal Sugar Company chairman Kelly Erickson says the initial investment was minor due to it being a newer market. You know, demand seems well about a year ago. Demand was was kind of on a on a, on a it was a, on a level playing field, but demand has gone back up. I think we're seeing more people eating at home, doing those types of things, and, and therefore their, their demand for sugar and other commodity products that they need for suppers and dinners has also gone up. So yeah, I think things have changed, and I think it's probably the new norm. I, 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 I don't see people going out and eating as much as they used to. You know, the economy is a little bit uh, rocky, and uh, I, I think for the most part, people will be eating at home. Erickson says demand for sugar has increased with more people cooking at home as an after effect of COVID. Well, we purchased a, a, a liquid a liquefier in uh, close to Montgomery in uh, uh, in Illinois, and uh, United Sugars is owning it and runs it. And uh, off-colored sugar, not white sugar, goes to this, and it's uh, made into liquid. And there's all kinds of companies that like liquids. That, uh, Gatorade, Pepsi, these kind of companies. And it's typically all off-color sugar. It's not white stuff. 
and we don't want to rerun it, so we take it over there and uh, and uh, and uh, make a, a useful product out of it. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. CHS finished its fiscal year with earnings of $48 billion. All segments of the business, ranging from agronomy to energy, performed well. CHS board member Scott Cordes, who farms in southeastern Minnesota, says it's important to look forward. Right now we kind of look at it, uh, you know, our, our concern is probably the global economy. You know, are we in a, going in recession? Are we going to slow it down? Agriculture really hasn't seen that, but will we get some spillover effects? So we're always kind of mindful of that as we look to the future and looking at, of course, a strategy that's best for CHS and its owners. Cordes believes CHS benefits from its global presence. Oh, that international footprint's very important to have our pulse of what's going on in the, in the world trade. You know, we want to be able to supply these customers year-round, so sometimes you have to fill it from the international sources, but it's really important for the U.S. farmer to be in the game every day, 365 days a year, because if a customer goes away and you can't satisfy them, it's hard to get them back, so it's really important. Checking markets this morning, we're down seven and three quarter cents for Minneapolis wheat. March nine thirty and a quarter. Chicago down fourteen and three quarters. KC wheat March down eighteen and a quarter. March corn down five and a quarter. Six fifty five and a quarter. January soybeans a penny higher at fourteen thirty and a half. Soy oil still remaining under pressure. Have a great day and a great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.